0: Hello there, and welcome to the Marketing SOS Show. I'm your host, Eric Yee. And here in the Marketing SOS Show, you know, for the past, however many episodes it's been, 84 or so, I think, I take questions from people in the audience like yourself. In whatever it is relating to marketing or business that they might need help, advice, or a second opinion on, you know, from students to small business owners to even just regular marketers that work for big corporations that want some advice, I'm here for you. So as always, drop me a line at eric at marketingsos.ca and I'm here, happy to help. So feel free to use me. And I hope everyone out there listening, you know, you're staying safe, uh, you're staying healthy during these uncertain times. And uh, I really hope that uh, things aren't too tight for these days. Like I know it is for millions of people across the globe. It's crazy times. It's uh, crazy times, man. Um, it's all there really is to say about it. You know, when I, uh, whenever I'm texting with someone or talking to someone i inevitably inevitably fall back to saying how crazy strange and weird the times are because they just they are you know i think growing up you think you get used to the way the world works and that you've you've seen and experienced everything but it really just shows you know between this and the financial crisis 10 years ago uh the world is an uncertain place that uh we can't predict yeah things change quite rapidly so on that uh bit strange downer of a note I do hope you're all doing well. I have found a renewed purpose in this show in all the emails I'm getting from small business owners that need help. And, you know, the volume of them has increased dramatically since the beginning of April or so. So I'm responding to a lot of you guys uh, as I can through email. Not everyone can make it into the show just because of how the question is or what I can quickly... uh, I've been finding that the, the fastest way for me to respond is through email to get people actions right away, as opposed to slating it, outlining it, and publishing it as a show when it's going to air. Uh, sometimes it's just easier to email. So feel free, uh, even if you don't want to get published on the show, just just mention that. And I will more than likely just give you a quick answer or a quick and solid answer on how you can maybe tackle whatever situation you're facing. So please, you know, uh, during these times, we've got to come together. So I'm here for you. So so please uh, reach out. Again, eric at MarketingSOS.ca. Um, this episode's question doesn't actually feature anything COVID-19 related, but it's one that I had from uh, a few weeks ago that popped up about the startup world. Startups being companies that are just starting out. They're not established. They have a new product, a new business, a new service. That they're trying to launch either through their by their own funding or by getting funding from external parties and trying to introduce it to the marketplace, get a foothold and become successful, and become, you know, like a household name like Zuckerberg or Gates or Jobs. So let's hear the startup question just after this. Melissa writes, Hi Eric. I wanted your opinion on this term. I've been working in marketing for a little over eight years now, mostly with big brands nationally or internationally. And I went to an event recently at a startup incubator where they interviewed the CEO of a pretty big company. They interviewed him about, you know, how he started the business and scaled up. The interviewer kept asking about things pertaining to product market fit, which, while I understood what she meant, sounded super strange to me. I've never heard the term before in my life. I feel like it's a nice way of saying invent stuff and throw it into as many markets as possible until someone likes it in the market you got lucky in with success that's the one to target, which seems wildly inefficient to me. Shouldn't these startups be more strategic and understand consumer needs first and invent from there, rendering the phase product market fit redundant? Melissa. Hey, Melissa, well, this is an interesting question, one you'll probably run across frequently in the startup world. Now, it's not too surprising you haven't heard the term before with your experience focusing on already established big brands that likely have a rock-solid idea of who their customers are And their products, and have been well entrenched for several years. Even when these big brands like launch new products, it's usually only after exhaustive customer research, which can be a large expense that many startups would not be able to afford. Now, you're right. The term is interesting and is often one that is used by entrepreneurs to speak when pitching their product to to venture capitalists or positioning their product in general within industry circles. The way startups get product market fit or fail to do so can be similar to what you've seen in big brands or you know it can be a little more scattershot as you identified. For example, oftentimes someone will start a company to solve a problem or a service is needed that they've identified through their own work or observed out in the wild. Once they have the company running, the product created and convinced venture capitalists to part with their money, they might launch their product and not get the response from their customers they were intending. They could keep at it and try to capture interest from that market, but with venture capitalists or VCs breathing down their neck and the need to make payroll and show positive numbers, they may need to pivot. The only asset they have aside from their team is the work they've already put into their product. So they can make some tweaks, change the messaging and tactics, and see if they can relaunch it in another market to find a fit. Or, you know, the product is extremely well, and they wanted to expand beyond their initial market. Like, for example, ConvertKit did this, uh, which is an email marketing service. And when it launched, it was really focused on getting bloggers to send up to their service. And as they grew, they saw that the growth in their target market of bloggers was going well, and they were very well entrenched in the space. And they changed their focus of their messaging to be more generic, not so blog-specific, in order to capture a wider audience. Now, many startups do consumer research prior to launching their products. As you're familiar with, in the big brand world. Product market fit is and can be a strategic process of identifying consumer needs and tailoring products to fit. Some do lots of user experience or UX research, you know, talk to their customers, and, you know, like you said, some just throw crap at the wall and hope for early indicators of interest and move in that direction. There is also the factor that once more money and people get involved in these startups and they start selling off or giving away board seats, uh, board members and other stakeholders may influence what markets they focus on and go after and, and can dramatically change the conversations around product market fit. So, Melissa, you know, it is a great question. Uh, and for those uh, that aren't also familiar with the term, it's really just saying that the product has a market that it fits or like they're like a piece of a jigsaw puzzle, they fit together. There is a known or unknown demand and that the product fills. Like Melissa was kind of stating, you know, until you have a product and you put it to the market, you really don't know whether it's going to fly or not. Uh, Consumer research uh, can tell you one thing, as well as like product tests and trials, but you never really do know until things get into the wild. What's that saying? You know, best laid plans are inevitably broken or something like that. And thinking about this term and the implications of it that Melissa kind of stated, it it does remind me that. You can plan for every eventuality and you can try and plan as much as you, as you can, but things are gonna go sideways. They're not always gonna happen the way you want them to. Now, hopefully you get lucky and you can find that, that fit or find the right answer to that solution. Like I mentioned a couple episodes ago, you know, doing the work, diving in and doing that consumer research, whatever it is, whatever research it is, the fact that you're doing it puts you in a much better position than if you just as Melissa so eloquently stated, throw crap at the wall, and see what sticks. So, Melissa, thank you again for writing in. Thank you all for listening. I'm trying to keep this short and wrap it up so you can get back to your day. I know it's probably busy watching a lot of Netflix and eating ice cream here in uh, quarantine days, but um, if you could be so kind while you're Netflixing and uh, chilling, eating that ice cream, uh, drop me a line at at ericatmarkingsos.ca if you have a question. And if you don't have a question, but you want to help the show out, you know, a ratings interview, and whatever podcast player you listen to would really go a long way to helping the show out and to help me do this in the future and keep building it up. So if you can do that, I would love you and appreciate that. That'd be awesome. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate your time. My name is Eric he, And with that, I am out.